0: Welcome, everybody. This is PMP Weekly, uh, episode 172. It is 27th of uh, June 2022. It is less than six months to Christmas. Woohoo! So my name is Wesley Ubonen. Huh. Get your presents off early. So <laughs> my yes. name is Wesley Ubonen. I work as a product manager in the Microsoft 365 platform
1: areas. And with me as a co-host is Valdek. Hi, everybody. My name is Valdek Mastegash, and I'm cloud developer advocate for Microsoft 365 and Microsoft
0: Okay. In BMP Week, I always talk about the latest in the Microsoft 365, uh, focusing all up, but a bit more maybe on the platform side of the things. Well, we do focus on a bit more on the platform side of the thing. <laughs> but we're highly interested in all of the changes because if you're a good developer, you actually know how out-of-the-box features are working and you actually know what's the, the possible things. Uh, that's a, is that a definition of a good developer?
1: Why, why are you looking at me at that? Why, no, am I I was like, like that? No, I'm talking in the wrong language. <laughs> <laughs> you like, good developers, bad developers. <laughs> like, so, so you're trying to say that they're bad developers, right? Like no, Like, you We do our best and we do our best to stay on top. And sometimes we don't stay on top. Yeah, and absolutely. this is exactly well, why we're here to help everybody stay on top of everything that is new and relevant in building apps for Microsoft 365.
0: That's why you're a cloud advocate, and I'm just an engineering dude. So. And you're not that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, today we'll have Boo Cameron joining us. Uh, he works for DMI uh, and has been around uh, for a, quite a long time as an MVP and also part of the the community uh, MVP crew uh, helping us on coordinating things. So, so we're going to talk a about, bit about his contribution, career development, uh, all of the things that he do, does nowadays. So real, really, really nice discussion, which we haven't yet recorded so as we're recording this. <laughs> so it's going to be awesome. Let's jump on that interview. (laughs) It makes no sense whatsoever. It's Monday. So let's jump on that interview, and we'll come back on the articles right after. So welcome, Boo Cameron, Uh, joining on the PMP Weekly, episode 172. You're finally here. There's a bit of a story I, behind of that, right? It I took am. us eight, eight years to get you on the show, yeah.
2: <laughs> I've just However. been so busy, and, you know, it's been hard to uh, make time. But, uh, no, actually, I just <laughs> yes. never got got the invite. And uh, Waldeck just says it's lost in the mail, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I changed emails, and then you replied, and I wasn't there anymore, and we got lost. Could be. Could be. Should be, whatever. I I was driving
0: in a tunnel, you know, and then, no, that doesn't work with the Ah. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Anyway, good to have you on the show. So uh, let's start with a a quick intro. Can you do a quick intro, who you are and what you do for a living?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, My name is Bo Cameron. I'm a Microsoft MVP for uh, Office Apps and Services. Uh, I'm, I'm a practice lead and enterprise architect at DMI. We're a consulting firm kind of for all. Types of technology, um, but focus on the Microsoft stack for our team. Uh, I get to work every day with uh, the Chris Kent, which many of you probably know, Um, and and we kind of help steer uh, the 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 technical direction of our projects and try and enforce, you know better practices for our clients. Um, got started with SharePoint back in 2010, right out of college. It's kind of been the only technology that I've ever really known. Um, I went to a job a job fair and they said, hey, we would like to hire you. Um, we have this really cool product we are working on called BPause. And I was like, all right, sounds interesting. And then I saw <laughs> it and I said, I don't know if there's a future here. Forget about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But that was directly so, to cloud,
0: right? You talked about people, yeah. business productivity. No, online business services. Online services. Yes, business, business productivity, productivity. Online, online services. services. That correct. was Microsoft 365 before the rename. So
2: right before it got good, um, and so I was like, <laughs> I don't know. So I did, <laughs> I did Share, SharePoint for about two and a half years to start, and then I switched over to other content management system, so I did Sitefinity and Sitecore as well for a couple of years. And then for some reason, I said I am if SharePoint, so I went back to it. So um, I've been doing this, yeah, since about 2010. I've been primarily a developer, uh, but my kind of knowledge spans across that. So I do much on governance and compliance, as well as citizen dev stuff for Power Apps power platform, some dynamics work as well. So uh, I kind of try to see myself as wearing many hats. Uh, I might not have very deep, deep technical skills in everything, but I try to have kind of skills across every single one. Understanding across
0: the things. Now, you you said that you're a SharePoint developer, but so does that mean that you're just, you know, legacy developer doing server-side thing and special, what is...
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think that... What I'm talking about. (laughs) That definition the has changed. Yeah, that, that <laughs> yes. definition has changed. Um, in in many many ways, right? Not just the technologies that we work in. We have shifted so far client side. But when you think like prehistorically, as I like to say, a SharePoint dev kind of did everything. Uh, they were doing development, they were doing farm configurations, they were doing search application setups. Um and so they were kind of doing everything back in the day, right? Um and so now I would say that I don't do much uh server side dev uh unless it's API work. And so yeah, I've been sticking with the React side of things. Um kind of during the, the mid 2010s, we were all on the the um, Angular train. So I was doing much of that as well during you know the early 2012, 13, 14 or so.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and on the development, just so just just as you're working with the... SharePoint framework obviously um any any thoughts on on how would you so how do you feel about SharePoint framework is that a good thing bad thing uh, what's your feeling and take on it
2: yeah sure uh, it's a really good thing uh for sure i think I think we Yay. can all agree having <laughs> being able to develop on <laughs> <Sorry>. modern <laughs> platforms yes yeah. uh, be, be being able to to use modern tooling um, is a huge. Benefit just on one, the open source support for it is just something we we had never had before. Um, And then two, I would just say, For people who might be concerned about trying to get into this space, it actually sets you up well if SharePoint's not going to be something you are going to do 10 years after, right? It gives you a skill set that you can go and just go work on modern web development with any other company, right? SharePoint now is just an API, and the uh, development space that we develop in is kind of cross-platform. Yeah, with this.
0: Finally, we are getting there. Finally, finally, finally. Now, now we're, what, what's actually interesting, yes. if you think about the prehistorical thing, which always reminds me on like like the T. Rex dinosaurs, as we are, yeah, Anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, we we are seeing certain products in Microsoft uh, to switch back to that direction where they have their own propri- proprietary way of doing programming and everything else. So, but it, it's part of this natural cycle of IT. IT. It always moves in cycles. So basically, we see stuff come and go. We dinosaurs can kind of relate on that stuff, I guess, because we've seen <laughs> <laughs> situations to move across the side. But yeah, so what you're saying, I I, I like SPFX because it doesn't set, uh, lock you down on SharePoint Framework or even uh, the cloud or Microsoft 365 or Microsoft Cloud because, again, basic tooling and the implementation styles are the same.
1: Yeah, well, like I would you like SharePoint yeah. framework because it doesn't lock you in SharePoint framework. That's interesting. Elaborate on that, please. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that's one way of kind of putting that.
0: Because again, for, for if you think about Monday it. Monday afternoon, so,
1: that's very deep.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> sure. I'm resp- one of the person responsible shipping SharePoint framework, but it is actually it's knowing the historical things. It's one of the big, uh, let's say, things we're proud of is that it does not lock you in to the product or technology itself. Uh, it gives you tools and, and basic understanding of a broader ecosystem, which is great. So it, it's it's more flexible. Yeah.
1: So, well, yeah. And yeah, in, in, in a sense, it's, it's, it's just, you know, a very thin layer specific to SharePoint everything else is just React or JavaScript. Yep. Like there's yep. like if you think back again, like going pre-history, like back in the days you would have VS, you would have your own farm, you would need tooling and like you whatever you learned, like, well, the only thing you could carry over was C-sharp. And even then you could say, well, if you have experience kind of in the ASP.NET space, it's kind of the same thing because there are user controls and it's kind of the same thing. but. I recall like the first thing that I got uh, when I got to the Microsoft space like I didn't I skipped the ASP.NET when when ASP.NET became a thing I was doing PHP right so I didn't have have that experience so like my first exposure to ASP.NET was you know, on Moss right so I started building I web- SharePoint and yes yes Microsoft Office SharePoint Server 2007 <laughs> yes right so that, that was my first experience to that and then at some point I would, because there was like nothing else to do, so I would get to work on an ASP.NET site. And I was like, suddenly I had to worry about permission management, user management, like the auth providers, navigation providers. Like, why? Like, why is that? Well, because it's ASP.NET, like there's nothing, like you build the whole app from scratch. And like, that made me appreciate SharePoint so much more because you you get all of that in place, like you don't need to reinvent the wheel. And it's like, yeah, how people will authenticate to your app. And when they do permission, like what can they see? And you need to trim all of that. And you need to It's like, that's in any way relevant to the app I'm trying to build and problem I want to solve. And like fast forward now today, still have the same thing where mm-hmm. imagine you want to build an app. You want to build an app for, for work. Right, you have a problem to solve, whether that's submitting expenses or something else. Well, you can like you know roll up your, your sleeves, take React, ne- Next, Angular, whatever thing you want to do, and get and build the app. What is the first thing you want to do? Off. And when people are in your app, what can they see? The same problems we used to solve way back when. Whereas you think, hey, we're kind of in this Microsoft ecosystem as a company. Why not tap into that? Why not get all these things already available to us? You know, AAD, Microsoft Identity, permission management. Get all of that for free and focus on building your app, focus on solving the problem you actually have as opposed to oh, yeah, we need to let people to authenticate. And for that, we need to have user management and password management and MFA support, password resets. And you're like five weeks down the road and you haven't even built the actual app, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think will always exist. I mean, we're we're going through it now where if you have, you're building this application that might run in Teams, well, you got opt into Teams if you're going to do a Teams app. But what if all the, services that you call are octus services or something else, like then you have to you still have to do auth. Like that will always yeah. exist. But um I also don't know how truthful this is, but I, I think this is why, at least in my experience, where provider hosted add-ins were at least more successful than I think they maybe should have been just because the auth piece was tied into it. Like you start you yep. you you build your site and the auth is there and you're like everything's good. I can just work right like that. Yeah. People like move that way or at least I did um, just because I didn't have to write any code. I didn't have to use Open ID. I didn't have to do anything. I just started the app and built it. Yeah, auth it's, isn't fun. It, no, <laughs> auth isn't fun. And and <laughs> the
0: fact that we we. We rarely even remember that there's an Azure AD nowadays behind the scenes, making everything possible. The fact that I'm I'm watching this and it signs me in and I open up things and everything is authenticated and, and the Windows is authenticated with my identity. It's just amazing. Um, mm-hmm. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of Let's say technical Moving innovation parts. and automation and and all of that happening. So we we are having interesting engineering also challenges. Well, this relates on what we were just saying, but related on the authentication. So if a customer or partner has their authentication model using then a non Azure AD, and then you're like, oh, sure. how do we now do this stuff? So it's it's it is certainly an interesting Pigeons, challenge. Mike. My... Pigeons, Yeah,
1: sea turtles. <laughs> In certain countries, maybe, yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, another thing, Bo, I wanted to ask you about, because, like you said, you would start uh, SharePoint development in 2010. Fast forward now, many things have changed. How did you experience the change, right? Because, like, you, you didn't have the React NPM Node experience. Like, all of that was new when it became a reality in SPFX. So how did you... What was your first reaction if, if you recall, at the moment you you woke up and we moved the uh, cheese?
2: Yeah, so I, for me it was actually pretty easy. So that interim change when I went to Sitefinity, Sitecore. Um, in that period, I was also just doing client side dev. So uh, the company that I worked for, we did Angular, we did Breeze, which not many folks talk about anymore, but that was kind of a ORM for. Client side, like the Entity EF of client side, um, so I did that. So I had some experience into it, and then when I came back okay. to SharePoint, it was around the time when 2013 was kind of becoming really popular, and content search web parts became a thing, and so JavaScript was like the forefront of SharePoint dev at that time because everyone was doing display templates, um, and so more people got familiar with with that. I did as well, um, and so the transition to um, the new tooling for me wasn't a drastic change. Um, that's not right. to say that's not what everyone feels. So I spend a lot of time in the forums. I'm on Reddit, Facebook groups, and there is a there is a huge issue of, of pe- people trying to get from their classic SharePoint dev skills or yeah. jQuery development in script editor web parts to really a enterprise-like development, right, where deployments are controlled, where code is standardized, um, which has been a very difficult transition for many, many SharePoint developers today. Yeah. What
0: What would be the tips related on doing that, by the way?
2: How do you, how
0: did you do that? How did you transition, or or what would be the things what you would recommend people to do?
2: Yeah, so, uh, well, first, I always say, when you look at SharePoint framework, you see all these things. You see NPM, you see, Gulp and it just, you get concerned at the beginning before you even start. It's like, I don't know what these things are. So I just say, forget all those things. Like, you don't need to know those things really to be a successful developer. As you get into more advanced scenarios, yeah, you can do some really cool, cool stuff with custom build tasks and, and things like that. But really focus on what you want to build. Um, and so that would be the language itself. Um, don't view SPFX as this kind of big thing that is complex, think of it as just a bootstrapper to your existing code. So take something you you have built before, something in jQuery, and then try and just port that over. Take a SPFX, what part, start it up and just kind of move your code over. There are lots of people out there who have examples and tutorials like Mark Rackley who you know, was a big proponent of that kind of jQuery style development. Who has examples of how to do it? But, you know, take it slow. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Um, And two, just like read the two tutorials. There are so many people who just skip past it, um, and then they don't have the right node environment. They don't have the right NPM version. So um, really just take it slow, step by step, um, and then don't get kind of uh, concerned with all the other ancillary parts of the build frame just like know that those exist and just work on the solution itself yeah one step at a time so mm-hmm. it's is good so absolutely
1: another 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 comparison that i wanted to draw is um in the past you know like like 2010 13 on-prem development like you wanted to build things for sharepoint that was the only way to do it you had to be on windows vs c sharp that was it, and that was kind of the gamut of choice you had. Sure, you could have bring your controls, but that was kind of about the amount of freedom you had. Fast forwards to today, you can use anything you really want. Yeah. Right? So with that, you kind of get well, it's cool because it's freedom. You can be on Windows, Mac, Linux, whatever. You can use any any editor, whatever you want, but what do you choose, right? Because like in a in a world where you can choose anything, what is the right choice? And is the right choice of today, the right choice of tomorrow? And are you keep second guessing yourself like, oh crap, there's another, another new popular thing and it's going through the roof and we're not on that. Do we need to update everything? How do you experience that?
2: So I'll preface this with, I don't know anything about Macs. I cannot use Mac OS, I don't use, Linux, Uh, I've been Windows since since I was born. Um, And so I'm familiar with that ecosystem itself, but I've also found that that's actually been a detriment to modern web development. When you go look at stuff on GitHub for certain frameworks or Gulp, whatever, the, the subsystems behind all of those are developers who use Mac or Linux and, and things you can do there uh, you you just can't do on Windows. So some of the same samples there for configuring like the Linux sub system for Windows things we can't do, but they, they could just do on Linux. So like, why can't I do these things? And so that's that's been difficult. I hope Microsoft tries to keep up with with some of the things that Linux and Mac OS can do or iOS can do in that regard, because I think a lot of the modern frameworks out there, it's a communities of non-Windows developers. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's In more natural.
0: I, I think when you come from an enterprise development side, then sure, there's a, there's a lot of Windows machines being used. But when you come from the side, quite often it's more Macs and, and mm-hmm. than Linux computers for
1: sure. Maldek, here you're using a Mac. Why are you using a Mac? Because I can, because since I, so I started using Mac, I don't know, how many years ago, seven, eight, pro- probably more. Not a single blue screen. And you have no idea. It was like, how can you not have, well, that's a Mac for you, right? And sure, yeah. there, are, there, are, there are quirks like, well, the OneDrive app on Mac isn't really as good as it is on Windows. And maybe Office isn't really as smooth. Like, yes, you're right and yet I'm not having a single problem with my Mac. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that's <fair> the <laughs> price that I have to pay for it, plus NPM and Node on Mac are
2: so much Everything. faster than they are on Windows. Well, that's true, true. Right, right. Yeah. so you... like
1: it kind of, it levels off. Yeah.
2: yeah, which is why like WSL on Windows is really nice because you can do a NPM install and it takes seconds versus it takes seven minutes to set up your first SPFX project, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I will give credit where credit's due. Windows has become a lot more sta- stable than it used to. Like I can't remember the 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 last time I had a blue screen of death on my screen, right? So okay. props to had one, a Windows one. Le-
1: last week and another one maybe before. It's like every single yep. every single week like yep. on one of the calls, like he,
2: all of a sudden he is, he is on a phone, like uh ah, sorry, blue Well, my anecdotes aren't facts, so you know that's... just that holding <laughs> it <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so. He's holding it wrong. It's him. It's that's not true. Windows. It's his. I guess.
1: I guess here. it's me.
0: Now, now, there's two things. What I wanted to also talk about with you, uh, Bill, before we go to the community side and, and let's touch that a bit. Um, what the community? Why are you active in community? What are you doing there? You re- relatively recently, a year ago, right, moved to the two, mountains. Two in, years. Uh, yeah. Two years, okay. Well, you know, time flies when you're having fun. Uh-huh. I remember when you were moving uh, because we had a discussion on it. Can you talk about... A bit it last on, on... year. <laughs> Two and years.
2: It's Tw- 2020 like, didn't exist, so it's okay. one, three, one year uh... is
0: fine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but you, you basically made the choice of moving the mountains uh, in an is- a bit of an isolated location. So wh- why is that? What with the what's with that decision so
2: oh, well i think 2020 for everyone which was when i moved was a difficult year just in general people started to move out um i grew up in a really small town um and i i enjoy this this kind of set this sense of community of the people around you you know we all have some sense for the greater good of, of one another um And I moved out to Denver, actually, about six years ago um, to North Denver. And it was great. I lived in a good place. But traffic is really tough. There's people kind of all around around you. And, you know, we kind of had this calling of, like, let's kind of break out a bit, get away from the city, uh, move to a place that, you know, is just less congested. Uh, which was primarily the biggest issue um, for us. So we moved out here. We moved to a town called Evergreen, which is about 40 minutes uh, west of Denver. Um, It's a small little mountain town. Um, I live on a... So Denver's at about 5,500 feet, whatever that is in uh, metric. And then... um, Divided by three. Yeah, (laughs) I live at uh, (laughs) 9,000 feet. So I'm, you know, another... Wow half mile to three quarter up from denver um so i'm on the i'm fairly high high up which has had its own set of challenges when i first moved in we didn't have internet for three or four weeks Um, so that was a struggle Um, we still kind of have internet here uh it's not super fast it's not very reliable neither is our electricity but um it's 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 nice up here it's quiet there's you know, elk and deer and bears that are kind of just roaming around, wow. which has been really cool to experience every single day. So um it's been kind of a mental release for yeah for us where the kind of fast, busy pace of Denver um is kind of gone now. Um so it's yeah. it's been nice kind of just mentally to break away from that. Are, are you
0: looking into staying there then for unknown in the future as well, or is this just an experiment?
2: So oh no yeah we we love it here um okay. i I don't see myself moving to a urban area uh, i might we might move deeper out into the woods than we are um in the future, but <laughs> right now um we yeah, we really like it out here um the yeah. views are nice and it's just calm and serene most most of the time so yeah that's, Je-
1: that's not jealous not jealous not not, not at all. jealous at all that's actually
0: quite something which you <laughs> keep on hearing with the people who have done this move from the city and urban areas to the countryside and then they're like okay we're gonna stay here we're not never gonna go back that's just for for jobs and and let's say careers where you can do that and that's great of course there are situations where you cannot do that but uh, nowadays people are a bit more flexible with the working and everything else
1: so some people are some people are right
2: yeah true true the opposite is also true. So there are people who have moved out and then got kind of shocked by the experience, right? If you aren't okay with your electricity going out and being out for any number of days, it's probably not a place for you to live. If you're okay with with not having the town come and plow your road, it's probably not a place that you want to live. So uh, we don't have all the same amenities that you get when you're in a urban area right we have to plow our own roads out out here um yep. we get 14 feet of snow in the winter time so that's a lot of snow that you have to take care of uh, and put how somewhere about, um, how
1: about ordering a pizza
2: yeah we don't get <laughs> delivery up where i am uh if you're closer <laughs> towards like the main town you can but uh fear yeah you can't get delivery it's even hard like we had our de- built our deck and did some some house stuff you might have a sales guy come out and like give you a quote but then they won't come back uh so <laughs> you can't get you can't get work done in the winter time because it's just really dangerous i mean there's like the roads not great um yeah. and yeah it, it it's very hard to get people to consistently want to come up here and work on your properties because the road up here is not a great road to bring a big truck and you can't even fit large trucks up here so like if your truck wow. is lar- larger than say 16 feet which is not very big you can get down my driveway but you won't be able to get back out on the road in the direction that you want to go and there's no place to turn turn around so that's been a change wow. So, huh. how do you deal with the
0: darkness on winter time? Because okay, summertime is different. Now it's summertime in the northern hemisphere, and and uh, of course, what well, I think fire. is that uh, Finland is a good example as well. That where on summertime, sun just doesn't go down, and and basically, it's it's awesome. On winter time, dark, 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 dark.
2: Yeah. So I I feel like I've experienced Finland just from living on the east coast here. So. <laughs> It, it's not true but it, it, it's just i grew up in vermont which is in the northeast of the u.s yeah. and winters are brutal like cold 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 i was telling someone yesterday or the the day before it's a different kind of cold right it's a cold that comes from the inside out like your bones hurt first and then you're yeah, like wow cool. i'm really cold right so yeah it. Also, in the wintertime there, it's it's basically gray from October to April. So it yeah. feels dark. Uh, you don't really see the sun much. It does come up, but you just don't see see it often. So we actually moved west. One of the number one reasons was it was just depressing in Vermont. It was just cold and dark. Out here, It's it's been quoted as, you know, uh, 300 days of sun here. So we get lots of sun. Every single day, even in the winter time. So, cool. it, it, if we get short periods of of sun throughout out like hours, right? But the sun's always there. There there are less clouds than say the East yeah. Coast, so you don't feel yeah. like you're missing the sun in the winter time. Yeah. Um, you actually feel, especially here, like you're in a wonderland we just have trees covered like mm-hmm. pine trees covered in snow and the sun's coming through and it's just glistening everywhere so it's kind of magical in some sense that's where narnia is mm-hmm. Ar- it's mm-hmm.
1: the most the most important part though <laughs> have you seen stars because if there's one thing that you move if you're big from a big city well you will never see st- see stars because of uh, lights right so when mm-hmm. you moved out have you seen stars actually you know with naked eye you Absol- up.
2: hey stars Absolutely, I can see stars every single night from my 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 uh, deck. Um, it's Not pretty jealous. cool here. Not so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we have the c- city here, Denver, in my my house up here, and at night you can kind of see the lights from Denver, yeah. but you also have the other side, which is all mountains. So you feel like you're in between the. Modern world of things hustle and bustle and then you're just in this community of like mountain towns and trees and it's a really cool experience to be able to at at night see all the stars but also see all the cars and all the lights miles away. It's pretty neat. Cool. Now. We know that uh, we need to
0: stop pretty soon, but I wanted to still talk about a bit about the community. You actually touched the community topic more in the in way you're living and that community, but you're actually active on the community side as well. So you're part of our MVP crew helping on the Microsoft 365 platform community side. Um, wh- why is that? What, what, what do you gain out of the community? Why, why are you doing that? You're basically giving away your expertise for
2: free. Yeah, and that's uh, it's a pretty simple answer, actually. So to me, it's really just giving back. So when I first started SharePoint in 2010, I was like everyone else. I don't know how to even get started. I don't know what to read. I don't know what to look for. I can't build things out. Um, And one thing that's been great about the SharePoint community is that it's kind of been around since the beginning, and there's always been people through, throughout time that have given their time and expertise to help others. So when I was, you know, young looking for, for a help, there were people out there, right? There were people still out there. Bob German is one of those guys who I've always looked up to. He has helped me tremendously early in my career. Um, and so I always felt like there are plenty... Like I was that person, and there's plenty more like me that are going through that 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 same exact thing. So I want to give back to them as much as possible. The second part is that you guys touched on with um, Galchen was how do you um, keep up with everything that changes? Well, the yeah. easiest thing to keep up with how things change is just to be on every single share, SharePoint forum that exists, because people will. We'll ask many questions. And if I know it, I will answer it. And if I don't, I'll go look it up and then a- answer it. So I get to learn constantly every day just by listening to what other people are going through. So it's sure. it does benefit me quite a bit just to see, oh, I have not even looked into that once. Let me look look into it. How do you deal with the time and allocation on it. So how do you
0: do you book time on the community side and and you do work on that or is it just something
2: what you naturally do as part of their day-to-day work? It's just naturally part of my day. So yeah. if I'm going to you know take a break for 15 minutes to go get lunch or something, I'll go check the SharePoint group uh for Facebook and then see if I could answer any questions there during that time. Um and so I basically on there throughout the day I try and answer I don't know, 20, 40 questions every single day just to try and help out um, across That's different long. stacks. So I'm on Reddit where we have about 25,000 people there. Uh, my my Facebook group, um, there's it's a SharePoint developer admin group, has about 25,000 as well. Um, we also have a Discord now for the Reddit group. So if someone wants to just like ask questions in live chat, they can do it too. Um, and so we could provide links for it too because there's a lot of great, resources in there lots of mvps as well who are just helping out um across the entire stack from power, power apps development administration development uh just sharepoint online OneDrive. so that, that that's a great resource as well that was the thing what i was about to ask what
0: are the top three resources for you um and let's get the links of course after the the call on the on the notes but what would be the the top three or top five things how do you keep up what what,
2: what is the tips for the other ones who are looking around to do what you do so for me, it's it's obviously the ones I'm most active in, uh, but yep. our Facebook group is called SharePoint Admin and Developers. It's a really active group. Tons of people post every single day. Lots of help as well. Just even non-MVP community people, people just just want to you know help out. Uh, Reddit group is really nice as well. So the sub is just slash r slash SharePoint. It's run by Trevor Seward. Um, we have lots of If you want admin help, that's a really great place for it. Some really strong admins there um, for farm topologies, infrastructure, those types of things. Um, And then our new Discord group has just kind of been blowing up fast. Um, And that's a great way to just get help fairly quick because you could ask a question and someone might answer within 10 seconds. Um, So those are my top three. Uh, We can link them all, but I highly recommend if you aren't in them to uh, join those groups.
0: Absolutely, that's really good. Let's put them in the in the notes for the blog. Now, from a timing perspective, we promised for Waldek that we will free him yes. right now, so <laughs> yes, exactly now. So
1: on that <laughs> bomb she'll see up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, thank you both for joining us, um, and we'll catch you certainly back on the show um, at some point, whenever we are earlier in, than it? on episode
1: 344. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I
0: guess we were in season six now. I don't know. Somewhere, somewhere around that, but <laughs> some season. Okay. Some, some season. <laughs> uh, we don't count seasons. Yeah, math is so hard. But thank you both for joining. Really, really good discussion. Good to catch up. And thank you for your, all of the active contributions in the community side, because again, community and MVPs are really the, the fuel and on the engine, which basically grows everything and, and helping each other to grow actually makes you feel better as well so that's why i ended up doing what i do around communities as well so but thank you bob thank you waldek and i guess that's it we're going to jump on the daily articles or daily weekly articles <laughs> right after this which we actually recorded before the this interview but anyway so <laughs> you know how it is <laughs> but thank you bob <laughs> all right
2: well thank you so much thank you. It was great Have to a be, one. be on the show all right bye thank you
0: cheers Excellent. Thank you, Boo, for that discussion. Um, and I'm going to spill the beans. We're recording this before the record discussion, so we don't actually know how about well the, the discussion. This was went. the
1: best interview ever. Thank <laughs> yes, you so much exactly. Bo, for your insights, for your journey, <laughs> for talking about us, <laughs> talking to us about everything you you've you've done, and what's top of your mind yeah absolutely thank you both really really good to catch up as well so uh
0: really really good anyway let's jump on the articles this week uh so we have a few of them to go through uh just pinpointing some of the articles which have been released around microsoft 365 within a past week now, we'll start with the Microsoft 365 blog, where we actually have two really interesting articles uh, since last time we recorded. So, first one uh, was around Microsoft Loop components, so ex- extending capabilities in Microsoft Teams and Outlook. And basically, uh, kind of a summary and, and a reminder and also update on the latest capabilities on the Loop components, which can be added on the discussion, uh, for example, in Teams, and you can send them in. Send them in emails and so on, and you can basically collaborate on uh, real time in those components with your colleagues, and that's actually really, really cool. Um, The easiest way to do this is for sure is using Teams and basically send uh, and invite another person to actually collaborate with you, Uh, and you can, of course, pin this Discussion to the chat so it will be there for everybody to find and all of that. So, really, really cool stuff. We use this all the time internally. The second one was about privacy changes and API
1: support in Microsoft usage reports, which is really, really cool. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it is cool. It is something that some companies require, right? So, the idea was that in the past, uh, a while back already, we introduced the ability to have usage report in Microsoft 365 so that you can track how different features of Microsoft 365 are used within your company. Well, the caveat of that is, is that these reports would expose the ID of the group. And with that, you would be able to identify which areas and so forth and so on. Like, you could infer personal data. So now the companies are in control where they can choose to Opt out of that and have reports being anonymized. So you will see they use it still, but you will not know in which area exactly, in which group, and so forth and so on. Like all of the IDs will be erased, right? So and here I think we even yeah. So here we even show that it's even based to a user, right? Yeah. So so the idea is then is that we will replace that with uh, random keys so that you will not be able to track it back to a person. So this is a great a uh, way for you to control the access to the data and insights in your org. Yeah, yeah. This is, by the way, uh, some small insights
0: on how things works internally in Microsoft. Of course, we have a lot of metrics and data, but that's how the information is shown for us as well when you're accessing the information in the internal report. So you do not know who the person is because it, it's meaningless. Um, and we're looking always for usage patterns and and behaviors. Um, I have to call out, this was good exp- experience. So, the zoom, zoom icon, click zoom in, and if you get a smaller picture. It says? Good job. Anyway, so... Less is more. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Literally, uh, oh, in this case. Oh, yes. <laughs> on the SharePoint blog, uh, Nicole Woon uh, had a new blog post. Uh, she's a PM, uh, awesome PM, on the site templates and, and site creation site of the one tribe and SharePoint Engineering, um, and she, she works with uh, Cathy Du and many, many other people. But she's responsible of the UX side of the creation of a template, and she has shared an update related on out-of-the-box templates which are available. So more and more we see new templates be available as a starting point, as an inspiration uh, starting point uh, for creating content. In the SharePoint uh, online, man. Of course, you can embed this in Teams and all of that stuff. So it's just a good set of new content available, and how and other updates in there as well. Really, very really cool.
1: Now, Power Platform had something new related on developer tools. Exactly. So there's a new version of Power Platform developer tools with new features, single sign-on support for additional clouds, uh, support for additional packages, formats, and so forth, and so on. So if you Bill, if you use these tools, if you use developer tools on Power Platform, check out this new version because it might have features that you always wanted to have. Yep,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Good to see the, 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 let's say, the frequency or the the consistency with the communications with the monthly basis and all of that. So communication, 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 communication. It's a super, super important thing. Now. Announcements. Uh, so, a big announcement actually from our side. Well, at least from my side because I wrote the blog post. Uh, so, SharePoint Framework 1.15 is out with the updates for Viva Connection, Microsoft Teams, and, and SharePoint Online. Uh, so, not for SharePoint on-prem because 2015, 1.15 is for SharePoint Online and Teams and, and Viva Connection. So, a lot of a lot of new updates. The, the probably the most meaningful ones or important ones are the field. Uh, Edit analyst uh, library forms. So, what does it? New view and edit forms, overriding support, and yes, you will be redirected to another page. Uh, we're looking into potentially have the panel way of doing that. No 16 support, quite important as well, uh, so people can stay up to date on the on the latest LTS version of the of the node, and a lot of other updates there as well. So check out the release note for all of the notes for all of the details. And we relatively recently recorded a video with Alex Terentev, who is, used to be an MVP nowadays in charge of some of these features, um, and he basically enabled the custom form extensibility, and so we've recorded a video on that. Now, Ooh. on our community call site, com, com, community, community blog, community blog, community blog. Side, yes. Yes,
1: on there we have Few updates. Yes, we have we have a new <laughs> exciting article from Lee Ford. Lee is one of our MVPs, yep. and in this article UK? he talks about. Sorry. From UK. So, just yes, it out. he is from the
0: UK. I'm just, you yes. know, having a discussion with you as we're chit chatting. <laughs> excellent, excellent.
1: Um, <laughs> Don't mind me; I'm just In interrupting this article, you. <laughs> he writes about how you can manage Teams devices using the Microsoft Graph, right? So so the Microsoft Graph is the API to get data and insights on Microsoft 365, but also to manage some of the settings that you have in Microsoft 365. In this yep. case, if you have a requirement to manage devices for Teams in Microsoft 365, Microsoft Graph is the way to go, and this article is a great place to start.
0: Absolutely. Really, really cool stuff. Now, So Eli Shea uh, had a blog post as a collection of resources from Microsoft 365 uh, developers. So a good summary blog post related on all of the different things, what is actually happening. So what are the YouTube channels, what are the podcasts, what are the the Twitter channels and things to follow. We are even here. Thank you, Eli. Like we should be in here. But, you know, just, you know. (laughs) Thank you. You, you can just say thank you. <laughs> like, oh, I can just say thank you. That's fine. Yes. Cool. But a lot of the there are a lot of lot of new resources. Well, not new resources, but links and resources available on Microsoft 365 platform. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you, Eli, on that one. Then we had a Power Automate
1: stuff. Do we have a Power Automate? Yes, uh, we do. Yeah, exactly. So this one is about automate creating a table. So we're creating a t- table. We're configuring it. We're installing data gateway, and then we're inserting, ro- insert- inserting data to it. Yeah, so I think this is about- Yeah, yeah. adding data Basically to... creating table and filling it with uh, yep. D- data. Yep. Yeah, excellent article.
0: Thank you, Rachel, on that one. Uh, we also had an update from Fries. Uh This is something, this is kind of a reference blog post, which we will promote. Um, as part of our upcoming promos on all of the samples and everything else, which the community has been done, which is awesome. So we're creating Louis is kind to of write this kind of a will love community uh, summary on all of the things what we do, so what what the, the platform community is doing, and um, so people understand, let's say, the scale because every now and then people confuse the uh, terms and what's happening and all of the things. So it's good to have a reference point for what's uh, what's available and what's it's for for the community to actually get uh, involved in here. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you, Luisa, on that one. Then CLI had a new version.
1: Yes, so following our monthly re- release, and actually a bit earlier this time around, we released new version of CLI from Microsoft 365, version V5.4. Yep. <laughs> Right. And one of the the, <laughs> the major updates is support for upgrading SharePoint Framework projects to the Yay. newly released version 1.15. Right, so it's yeah. always that when we release new version of SPFX, we also want you to be able to benefit from that as quickly and easily as you can. And to that point, we also update CLI for Microsoft 365 with the ability to upgrade your existing apps from whatever version of SPFx you might have to the latest version so that you benefit from new features but also the new toolchain. Like if there's one thing that is, you know, a constant in the open source space is change. Toolchain evolves, we have new version of Node, new version of TypeScript, React, and Control, and so forth and so on and if you use an older version of SPFX, you might not be able to use that, right? So moving on to the latest version of SPFX give you the benefit. Like Even if you have an app that doesn't use any of the new features in SPFX, you benefit from the latest version of chain on which it runs sure. right sure. and along with that we have a few other uh, additions updates so definitely check it out if you work with spfx or you're you're looking for a tool to manage your m365 tenant on any platform any os any shell
0: yep thank you for that one really really cool and, and just to call out it's an action plan which the tool is providing it is not during the transformation of the project uh, automatically because all right. we
1: don't we, we, don't we could do, do that potentially, just, just but yet.
0: we don't want to, yeah, exactly. So anyway, so uh, then there's a, a two blog post from Mark D. Anderson. So first of all, one is replace that classic SharePoint root site. So uh, by default, if you have been having a Microsoft 365 tenant for a long time, most likely your root time is actually still the classic. So you can certainly modernize that uh, or you can flip uh, the, the root side to be another side to be in the root flip, 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 flip. Uh, the, the and <laughs> another side to be in the root of the tenant. Now, why, why would it matter? Matter? Um, quite often, actually, the be contoso.sharepoint.com style address is the one where you have your global intranet and all of that. So, you might want to actually modernize that to be in place. Again, could be a separate design for your tenant, but still. There's say options of how to make that happen and how to do that huge, and then Mark had a new uh, another article
1: yes, it's about the missing site nav added link and extra um, icons and I guess that this is about Mark's adventure or experience where Something around NAV wasn't where you would expect it to be. And then he goes through it exactly what's wrong, what happened, and so forth, and so on. And why isn't it there? And is there something you can do about it? So if you come across this, check out this article because it might give you the answers. You need to fix this. Sounds good. Sounds good.
0: Cool to see the maintainer and community contributors, also the tag and the patches in here. By the way, anybody can get them who's contributing on our community stuff. So please, please, please sign up. Now, uh, other updates, H2O, uh, which is a open source community-driven Fluent uh, implementation, Fluent, Fluent. Yes. Fluent UI, yes. Fluent <laughs> UI implementation. And there's a CSS-styled uh, version, the core version, and then there's a the React version uh, led by uh, Julie Turner. Uh, the React version had a 1.1 version coming out uh, last week. So really, really cool stuff. These are super, 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 super cool and useful thing for, uh, especially for, well, anything, any experience implementation in Microsoft 365. So really, really cool stuff. Then, uh, April had a new
1: blockbow, uh, not new video. Look, not new videos. So she block, had a new block. video yep. and we are looking at it and, it and it is a brand new video. <laughs> and in this video, April talks about how can you change a power-up owner using Power Automate in under 10 minutes. And I wonder, it's, is is the video under 10 minutes or is it the process of changing in under 10 minutes? I guess it's the process of changing. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> exa- well, I can imagine the, the whole flow will run like that instantly. Yeah. So the video, yeah. the explanation and you... Uh, going to understand and going through different steps, like that's going to take yep. you 10 minutes. But the replacement itself, is done instantly. So yep. if you need Absolutely. to update, change Power Apps owners in batch, probably like I, I would imagine that that is use case, that is definitely a great way for you to go about it. Check it yep. out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Shane Young had a video
0: related on Power Apps formula reference and five uncommon functions. So kind of explaining what are the functions doing in the Power Apps and how they behave and all of that. So in the same way as we're going to have functions in Excel, of course, there's function support in Power Apps and explaining how they do and how they actually work. Now, that's it for this week. So thank you. Thank you, Bo Gameron, one more time joining us on the discussion from the Mountain Cave, no, not a cave, not mountain area. <laughs> stop stop doing. <laughs> it's yeah. Anyway, so anything specific on your side this week? Interesting stuff.
1: Um, planning, 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 planning is still very much in progress on our end. Microsoft yep. is a big place. There are many parts of the org that are going through the latest plans, the latest updates, finalizing plans for the next uh, half year. Um, Other than that, it's T-minus two weeks, roughly for three weeks for the vacation time. So trying to get as much of work as we can before I'm gonna be gone for a few few weeks. Um, And other than that, business as usual recording, yep. building code, creating content, getting out there to help people uh, build apps for Microsoft 365. What Yay. about you? You shipped one fifteen. what's it? One
0: fifteen last week, yeah. Now we're kind of a closing up uh, two weeks before I go for a vacation for a few weeks. So uh, basically closing up on things and planning, 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 and catching up on things. So nothing too special. It, it's slow period, so to say, uh, because there's a lot of people taking time off uh, in the Northern Hemisphere right now. So, but anyway. Thanks for watching. Please remember BNP hashtag BNP Weekly uh, in Twitter so we know that what you're sharing. Uh, we're always try, always interested in following up and covering what the community is building and writing and showing in their videos or blogs and so on. But thanks everybody for joining and we'll be back for the last time in this season within a week. So then after that, Isn't there's going to be a small break.
1: So that, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so cool. In this season, like, wow, which season are we in, actually? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> season number oh. six, seven,
0: I don't know. It's uh, somewhere in this journey. But we'll be back for one more week before a we'll summer be break. Back. Have a great rest of the week, and stay, stay healthy, and we'll be in touch.